0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MoPod, brought to you by MoDate, where we discuss everything Mo, from modern orthodoxy to my opinions and more. I'm your host, Evan Harris, and we have a great guest for you today. Let's get to it. Today, we're sitting down with Natan Olaf. How are you, Natan? Good. How are you doing? So, I'm doing well. So, if you haven't seen yet, Natan Olaf recently got engaged to Shira Isaacs, our third MoDate engagement, but... Also, Natan is a good friend of mine, and so wanted to have you on the podcast to discuss all things being engaged, all things getting engaged, and just your journey to Israel. So before we do that, let's just talk about your background, where you're from, and how do we know each other? Yeah,
1: sure. So um, I'm originally from uh, Skokie, a suburb of Chicago. Um, went to Ida Crown, then spent a year at Arita. Um, In Israel, went to the University of Maryland, studied computer science. Um, Aretha is how I know Evan, we were there the same year. And then after uh, Maryland, I moved to New York. um, And I was working at Amazon there in software. Um, And then I recently made Aliyah at the end of December. I'm now living in Baca in Yerushalayim. And um, yeah, so that's pretty much my journey. And uh, I recently got engaged last Thursday um, to share as Evan mentioned
0: well this podcast is going to come out next week so it'll be two Thursdays ago but I think that's fine I think people will accept that anyway so you knew about Modate at its inception pretty much I would say like when kind of like when the idea first started did you ever think that you would be getting engaged married from Modate? Uh, the answer is definitely no, and
1: I'll tell you why. It's not a knock on Modate at all. It has to do with my specific situation, was that um, I wanted to make Aliyah, so I had the uh, Aliyah Yes filter on, on Modate, and they're just – it limits the pool a lot, and any anyone I, I would have matched with, I probably already truthfully either was set up with or went on a date with. So, um, you know, she or I matched with, like, right in the summer – you know, I made Ali on December so but she joined Modate like pretty like later in the game so um She was actually the only person I ever I didn't just had have, have that many matches on Modate because of that filter so uh definitely didn't, didn't see it coming but a great welcome surprise
0: all right that's awesome so the filter definitely proved worthwhile you know there are a lot of things when creating Modates, it's like oh is this worth is this worth making is this not worth making but it turns out that filter really really made a difference would you say yeah for sure um you know because also
1: when i matched someone on O date i probably hadn't matched because i probably matched with all the people who had the ali is filter on pretty early and then i just didn't match with anyone for a long time so when i matched with someone new i was like oh you know i wasn't just getting a, a million different matches and so i guess my font you know matching with someone for the first time after a little while um definitely
0: made it a little more interesting i guess okay so circling back so you started dating in the summer all along, you knew that you were going to be making Alia, And somewhere within the relationship, that was kind of the plan. And you knew that she was going to also. But that's definitely like an interesting scenario, which you don't often see, right? Because you weren't married at the time when you both made Aliyah. And so just want to walk our listeners through kind of how how that worked out in your mind? Like, what were you thinking about at that time when you started dating? Like, how is this going to work when you're both planning on moving to Israel? Like, is that, what were the challenges there? But what were some of the benefits there as well?
1: Um, yeah, it's a good question. So our first date was July 4th, I remember. And um, I think on her bio, she had something about she's like looking to make Aliyah some, you know, after the summer, but she's flexible to staying longer. Um, so. I, you said, you know, I'll go on, a, you know, I'll go on a date, um, and then she kind of had like an interesting timeline. So, she was in physical therapy school in in New York, and her she finished at the at the end of August, beginning of September, and then she she kind of was living a bit of nomad life. So she was in uh, she was her sister lived on the west side, so she lived there a bit. Then she she's originally from Chicago. Also, so she was in Chicago visit some family and then her parents made Aliyah about a year before so she like went to Israel for hagim, but then came back to take boards. And then she was in Chicago for a friend's wedding. So um, it was definitely a lot of, I would say, chunks of dating, where, you know, I think we had a good amount of time before she went to Israel for hagim, probably like two or three months. Um, so in July till like the end of September, really um so I guess I just took it step by step I guess that's how I take you know try to deal with I don't know big life decisions which is like trying to find the person you're marrying or even alias that take everything you know day by day month by month obviously you have to have a a certain plan that you can't just say okay this person's not going to be separate for six years um like we're gonna like we're seven for six years like We're gonna, we're just gonna date. We'll figure it out. It's obviously not so realistic, but um, I think we were both flexible enough that maybe she would have stayed less time in America after Chagim when she came back to take boards if she wasn't dating me. So I think in in a way we were because we were still in the beginning of dating. We didn't have to. Our plans were close enough where we could deviate enough um, and like accommodate each other, but also not not that we had to deviate so that our plans were closely aligned enough that it wasn't so much of a, of a sacrifice on each side. So, um, and I think, you know, like it was going well pretty quick early on. So, um, obviously the challenges are, I I don't, I'm not a long distance guy. I don't like, I'm not so into FaceTime. Um, you know, I have ADHD, so I'll get like distracted by stuff on my phone. Uh, but so that was definitely, like, a challenge. On the flip side, it, w- it was really nice to have, you know, come, like, land here and cheer me at the airport and then, you know, have already, like, someone who I can go and hang out with all the time when I'm here. Um, and definitely it is, like, a little little more of an intermediate stage where, like, we're not committed yet. I think someone asked, like, why don't you just get married and make Aliyah? Well, I wasn't ready yet. So, um, but I think taking everything You know, a month at a time, like one step at a time was was
0: the way to get through that. How did Shira get to the airport when she met you and you made Elia? I think she took the train. (laughs) Sometimes you got to ask questions that people aren't expecting anyway. So. (laughs) That's a very it's a very interesting situation. It's a great story because obviously there's a happy ending, but just to get a little more personal for a second. So me and you, you know, we were friendly in alrighty for sure, right? But we really became better friends on the west side. And yeah. a lot of that had to do with dating, right? And kind of like talking about our situations and just like, you know, what a lot of people don't realize. And we've talked about this on the podcast, but the concept of the Shidduch crisis you know obviously it's very harmful like the to the extent which it exists and also just the idea of it but people don't sometimes don't realize the harm it can even do to guys in the sense that if you put out the idea that it's just so easy for guys and then there are guys that are not married at a time when they want to be let's say or are not in a relationship at a time when they want to be then it's almost like a slap in the face and you know there is this thing idea i guess or just concept where you know a lot of guys don't necessarily discuss dating with their friends uh whether you want to attribute that to toxic masculinity or whatever but you know it was nice masculinity yeah yeah whatever whatever you want to call it uh i just want to say it was nice to be able to talk to you and During that time and it's also nice that we are now getting married within a month of each other
1: yeah um it's definitely um it's definitely nice to have i think i think also partially um like the thing you're talking about like that like people like the the pressures of dating and the shell crisis and all of that um is that I think I think also uh, David Beshekin had like a pretty good he he had uh, on 1840s podcast he was talking about also um, he had like a period where he got married like relatively later um, than he expected himself and and he was saying one of the traps you can fall into is thinking like. You know, oh, it's taking me so long to find a person. It must be because like I'm so good. I need to find like the perfect, like I deserve, you know, like such a good person. So, it, it's almost like an oscillation between like, why am I not finding anyone? Or, you know, when I want to, and also, um, like also like, oh, I, like this must mean that like I'm such a catch or something. And I, I think that um, one of the ways that it's nice to have someone that's going through as you're saying to have someone to talk to and to realize like you're not alone in the boat of like i think also is like when i was like figuring out things about engagement like talking to friends also about how they like getting to that point about like whether they were ready yet like and and a lot of friends who from the outside be like oh it was like such a like a linear course for them to get to like the point of being engaged or even dating in the first place and it, it really isn't so I mean for some people it is like everyone has a different experience but the the experience is totally different for tons of different people and but there is like an underlying I think like a lot of like anxieties and struggles that people that most people go through and it's nice to have someone to talk to about that um I think like another parallel for me was like I was doing computer science in college and it was definitely something um I struggle with and I definitely had like other friends who were like struggling. I mean, I had like a group of friends who I always felt like were really smart and really good at it. And then I had like another friend who I remember was kind of like, oh, I guess I'm going to do it, resign to it, whatever. I don't love it. And then I remember he was also on the West Side and we got dinner one time and he was like, telling me all about this job he was doing in, in software and he was so excited and I could tell. And I told him, I said, isn't this amazing? Remember when you complained to me about how like you you were like so resigned to like this fate of working in software and you were not so excited and now like you're actually like you like it, you're excited. So I think it's like really nice to have and also for me, like I, I also like have like my struggles with like software and computer science. And I, I still go through it, but to like I got to a point where I'm like, yeah, I like it as a career and overall it's good. And to like kind of like see to get to that point, but have your peers once you get to that point is is
0: definitely like an amazing thing um to see. For sure. So tip number one coming out of this podcast is that find a peer who is going through something similar to you and there always is one and just talk about it and it can definitely make things better. And once you accomplish something great, you know, it's going to be all the more so special when you have someone to share it with.
1: Yeah. And just, I just want to say like, there are also people who like started dating when I started dating and they haven't found someone yet. So like me and Evan obviously have, but you know, everyone, everyone has their own journey and own timeline and there's not, you know, so yeah, for sure tip, yeah. t- tip two keep plug you
0: know you know keep plugging along I guess yeah Evan and I anyway so you wanted to make alia and you dated in the meantime uh I'm sure we have some listeners, you know maybe a handful whatever it is that also want to make alia but are nervous to do it alone and they're like, okay once I get married I'll make alia but it's just taking more time than they expected. Or the opposite, where they want to make Aliyah, and they're for sure about that. And so they're saying, I'm not going to date now. I'm going to wait. I'm I'm going to wait to date what, till I get to Israel, even if they're not planning on going for X months or a year or two. So you kind of bridged the gap there, right? And took, took the middle road. Do you have any advice to either of those types of people
1: um it's hard to say because i think ev- everyone like really has you know their own journey um i think because my you know like again like no one's a 100 percent perfect and they're like i was like trying to only date people who made aliyah like i didn't who wanted to make aliyah i didn't necessarily only date people who want who made aliyah like depending on the situation but i tried to um but I think, like, I remember there was an intern when I was at Amazon who, at YU, and he was saying, like, he also wanted to make Aliyah, but he was saying, or Shechter would tell students that, you know, you can't be too picky. You should just date, you shouldn't only date people who are making Aliyah. So, you know, and so I think it it, it really depends on the person in your situation. Um, but I I guess my my advice would be that, and this is what I had a, a friend who, um, told who had like a uh, my friend like Corey, who's at alumni to, he's alumni director at a and he had me back for a panel during alumni week to talk to alumni about making aliyah after college this was like right after i'd made aliyah and they're asking me about planning out in college and kind of what i said was that it, you should have a plan um so like my plan was like always like get married and make aliyah and like have like you know ideally have a job with like i was working for amazon have a job like an american company and then bring that over to israel and I kind of ended up with like a halfway thing where I had a girlfriend that made Aliyah and I, I have a whole job situation where I didn't ever got really approved to make Aliyah. So I was like working for a couple of weeks here under the like, un, like low key and then like got severance. So I had like half a job and like I had a girlfriend instead of a, a wife. So I think you have to have like a plan, but you also have to be a little flexible when it comes to the plan. Like you can't, so, and it depends on like your values. Like if, if like you're willing to delay Aliyah and the, if you're willing to like delay, delay dating for McGang and Aliyah, then then you know then then you have to like run up your values. If Aliyah is the most important thing, then okay, fine, you can wait on dating. But if you know you don't think you can, you'd rather be married and put Aliyah up into question, then um, you know, then go date. So it, it's it's hard to give like an answer because it really depends on your values and and
0: where you want and like what's the priority. Everything in life is a case by case basis, but it's definitely good advice to remain flexible and just figure out don't don't just because it's hard, give up on the plan, you know, find a way to make it work because it can definitely be worth it. You know, a lot of great ideas never end up happening because it's hard. It's hard to do. So make sure that you really give it the right amount of effort and and push through. So. Back to yeah, modate.
1: and I'll just oh, add okay. I mean a little, little spiritual with me, but I mean I think there's an idea that like haba you know, like if if you come to purify yourself, this is the idea, like in the Gemara, if you come to purify yourself, if you take the first steps, then like like God essentially will help you. So I think there's kind of that that push and pull where we have like you have to do your own work, but you have to have, like a little faith, like I think also. So there's always a give and take on that, I think too.
0: Definitely. So back to modate, right? The first question is, do you think that you're gonna name your firstborn Evan or Losev? Uh, can I do Malka? <laughs> 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 I guess, yeah. So that's the first question, obviously. But but in all seriousness, you know, what, what are what are your feelings about Modate? And why do you think that other people should trust the platform even if they haven't met their person yet?
1: um i mean i think i think modate's good because it kind of gives you like i would say the best of both worlds in the sense of like some of the more modern dating apps there's like kind of like what they the positive they offer are kind of uh like an easy access you it's not so bureaucratic but the downsides are that it's almost like psychologically impairing there's a there's like a there's a great podcast, I, I think, economics podcast about Trader Joe's, and their mainest their main thesis is that the reason Trader Joe's is so successful is because they give you one or two of each thing, and it's not overwhelming. Like too many options actually is bad. So I think when you have these swipe apps and you're just swiping through t- hundreds and thousands of people, it's almost you get numb to it. So I think that's the downside. And then on the other side, you have so you have that. But so you have that ease of access, but you also have a tempered ease of access. You have people who are filtering for you, your connectors. You have, uh, you know, so, so in, so, in a sense, like you have, like, I think an ease in, uh, medium between more of the shiddach based systems where it's like very structured and bureaucratic versus some of the modern dating apps, which are more flexible but are almost depersonalized and over, overwhelming. So I think you have like a more personalized but more accessible type of app
0: in MoDate. The trader Joes of Dating Platforms. So if yeah, you Yeah, there you if, go. If you could if you could write that out word for word so we could use that somewhere in marketing materials, that'd be great. And so now you're in Israel, and where are you going to live when you get married? And how how are you adopting adapting to Israeli life?
1: Um, so I'm living in like the Baca, which is like South Jerusalem. So it's like Baca, Katamon um is kind of the area like Arnona. no um so we haven't found an apartment yet but uh, we're hoping to stay in the area um the, the two for for like the Anglo like the young Anglo communities i would say are basically there's Givachmoa and Herzliya but those are a little I'm 26. Those are a little younger, maybe more like 18-19 to like 23, 24. There are some older couples, but mainly skewed a little younger cuz there are college towns, Givach Mual is for Bar Ilan and IDC's for uh, Herzliya for uh, IDC. Um and then like for like a little older like Anglo people, there's mainly uh North Tel Aviv. Um and there's uh and there's like the area. So we're planning on staying here. I really like the area. It's like the Emek area. It's like really quaint. Um, so yeah. And then in terms of like adjusting to Israeli lifestyle, it's honestly been pretty, pretty smooth. As I said, because it's an Anglo area, there's not so much of a culture shock. And because I haven't started work or anything, um, I actually ha- have a struggle that I want to practice speaking my Hebrew, but I-, I don't have such an opportunity on a day-to-day basis because there's so many Anglos in the area. So I started sending Sheeran like daily updates on my day and in- in voice notes as a well my job search. Um, but I think that might change a bit once I start um you know going into work and interacting kind of like more with like you know, other people outside of the Anglo bubble here. Um but and and with any new place, you know, I I was in the West Side for a couple of years, like had a lot of good friends there that I, either from from high school, from Marita, from from Maryland or people that I met there, whether through basketball or from Inshole. And so, you know, here I I have friends also from high school and from, you know, from also from a right down places. But, you know, there are people I haven't been around consistently since, you know, either my year in Israel or high school. So it's been, you know, a while. So um, but also I like very, very good roommates out to Daniel Geller and Ari Gertner. They've been really great. Um, and so again, having Shira here was a huge, huge plus. Um, so, you know, I'm so you know, integrating and overall it's been good.
0: Okay. Very nice. And how long did it take you to get used to using the word Anglo over and over?
1: <laughs> I would say, um, it's a good question. I don't know. Um, I feel even when you talk about making Aliyah, they say it's like the Anglo areas, Um, I think that the Aliyah rates from uh, places such as like England, South Africa, Australia are are very high. So there's definitely a a bigger, a strong portion of non-American
0: English speakers here. Okay. And do you identify with America still or mostly just as an Anglo?
1: Um, It's a good question. I think... I don't know. I, th- I think I definitely identify with, with America cuz I feel like I don't have one of those cool accents. But that also might be very American centric where someone from from Australia might be like well the Americans have like a good accent. So I don't know. I feel I feel like also I would say that um, America is so much larger than any other like diaspora community where America I mean not America's one community but I think America has 6 or 7 million Jews and then England has like 200,000 and Australia, I mean, they also like, it's just so much bigger that there's such an infrastructure in America that I think it, it's like from, from Yeshiva League, from, from colleges, from Shabbaton and stuff like that, that, um, there's not so much overlap with the other Anglo communities. So, um, I would say, I think American more.
0: Okay. Very nice. And do you have any questions for me before we get into the Mopad Lightning run?
1: Um, if you could make Aliyah, where, what city would you live in?
0: I don't. I mean, may, maybe Tel Aviv. I think, mm-hmm. like, either Ushuaia or Tel Aviv. I mean, it's pretty mainstream answer, I guess. But, um, I think just at this stage of life, probably Tel Aviv. But I'm I'm also not planning on. Okay, so. and
1: and who do you think is the favorite to win the NBA championship right now?
0: The Denver Nuggets. I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday, May tenth. But mm-hmm. I actually have been updating a pie chart nightly with my percentages of who I think will win the NBA championships, considering that this is quite the crazy year. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing that on a nightly basis. If you want that to be forwarded to you, let me know. Okay. And right right now, my biggest, my biggest slice is the Denver Nuggets. Interesting. Who yeah, they're playing think? really well.
1: I think the winner of the Celtics, of the Celtics Sixers series, right now the Sixers are up 3-2. But um, it is a very wide open field. It's interesting playoffs. So, yes. but I would go Sixers. Do you struggle watching the playoffs as
0: with the time difference?
1: I don't, I don't really watch. Um, there have been a couple of times when like, if I woke up a bit early, I'd watch the end of like one of the West Coast games or on the Sunday, Saturday games. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm just, I, I'm not connected to any specific team that I'm going to wake up at 3am to watch. Okay. Um okay. It's one of the
0: sacrifices if- you make making LAI, you know?
1: Definitely Stop. big sacrifice
0: big sacrifice. So moving on to the mopod lightning round, I'm just gonna fire off some quick questions. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Let's do it. So we just mentioned basketball, right? Who was the toughest defender you've ever faced in your basketball career?
1: Uh when we played, there was a school called Hope Academy. And I think they had this guy who ended up playing for Whitney Young, which is cool like Julio Okafor went there and all these things. And yeah, I just couldn't move on him. He was right. like way more athletic and boxed all my shots. I don't know his name, but yeah, him.
0: What about in the park on 98th Street? The park on 98th Street? Um,
1: probably truth. Right. This this guy, very, truth.
0: Very disrespectful answers. Anyway, what is your favorite? <laughs> what is your favorite dating platform?
1: Uh I think I have to say Mo Date, no.
0: Yeah. If they were to invent the four dollar bill, whose face should be on it? um i think you gotta go with um
1: i don't know it's a good question i'd say Laz. Laz. do you like to take walks yeah i do how
0: long of walks
1: i would say 20 to 30 minutes depends am i I walking with my mom during covid then like an hour and a half she's got like update me on the entire like midwives
0: episode okay would you rather wear a sweatshirt every day for the rest of your life or never see another sweatshirt
1: uh i think never see another sweatshirt because you can always go with the coat or
0: okay. jacket very nice thank you natan Olaf, for coming on the mopod and mazel tov. anything else you want our listeners to know before we sign off obviously pump the volume pump the volume